0: He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Delray Beach, Florida, here's Bruno DiGiulio.
1: And welcome, as we are about to wrap up the South Florida Gulfstream Park meet and head into the meat and potatoes of the Kentucky Derby preps. And let me bring on my friend Ron Flatter from soon not-to-be Las Vegas. <laughs> That's right. Hey, buddy, what are you doing?
0: We'll be neighbors in Kentucky here next month. Or actually, oh. depending on when you're listening to this, maybe even this month. April is what I mean.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it's April already, Ron.
0: Yeah, we're, we're getting there fast. So, yes, we will be moving to Kentucky. You're moving as you do every year. I'm doing it for the first time in, you know, 62 years. But as we move in on Kentucky, of course, that means we move in not only on the Kentucky Derby, but the spring meet at Keeneland. Of course, Churchill Downs will have its meet. It will have an abrupt end and then no training there for a while. So all these little nuances are coming up. But even before we do all that, we still have some leftovers from last weekend, don't
1: we? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, you know, our our zooms on Friday night where we cover the races have been absolutely a lot of fun, not only for our, our people. And we have gotten a huge response. We have a big gold members uh, group and we call it a band of handicapping brothers. Uh, and we have a lot of fun on there. But also it's good for me because I get to I, I try to do a lot of things fresh on these zooms and you've been on them and you have sat with me beforehand too, talking about them and it's all fresh. It's not, we don't script anything. Um, I'm not, I've never been a script guy as far as scripting out what I'm going to do. Um, and it becomes where we're going places where I had not even gone yet. Uh, you know, as far as looking at certain videos, it's just, there's not enough hours in the day. And, um, it's been a really great experience, and one of the things for this weekend was uh, was talking about how the races at Gulfstream Park this past weekend, they were pretty much, I thought, great three-type races, and we kind of dove into it in there, and I think it came to fruition on, on Saturday. I thought we saw some decent performances, but I felt like, they were not performances meant for grade one races or grade two races. And Ron, we have been pounding, you know, the handicapping floor saying greatest honor is not that good. And we brought it, we broke it down on, on, on the zoom. And I have to say that I think that our assessment was correct. Um, Also our assessment of collaborate was correct.
0: Mm -hmm. Not that he's
1: not downloaded, but three races in 50 days take its, its toll on anyone.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And also, you not only had those assessments correct, but you also had some fresh thoughts about the winner of the race. And while we're talking about grade three type races, how about a grade three race in name as well? Because the Jeff Ruby stakes also happened during the weekend, and a grade three maybe, well, maybe only in name if you think about it that way. But... And that's how you began this part of the Zoom.
1: I wanted to go back and just talk about the, the Jeff Ruby stakes. Uh, what do you say? I mean, the, the Wesley Ward horse ran nice. He won. I just think they're two, three notches below. I just never put squarely any kind of credence to anything that comes out of, I uh, to say, of Turfway Park for the Triple Crown other than the one year where a freak won it in the spiral name animal kingdom. And what he did that day was absolutely freakish. If you watch the race, you would totally understand what I'm talking about. The Florida Derby got a 94 buyer. I haven't done our Deltas yet. Why don't we take a look at greatest honors uh, race and let's put some eyes on it and break it down to where, Maybe we can come up with a good opinion. We talked on um, Friday night. This was a great three race. I, you know, we were looking at it and saying, and this is not a typical Florida Derby. As I mentioned, collaborate, you know, first of all, he didn't break that sharp. Then he gets caught four wides. But one thing I thought is he was going okay early. His ears flopping. But you can't go four or five wide every step of the way, number one. Number two, they brought him back way too quick. And, and that took its toll at the quarter pole. He almost ran just like Mandaloon, didn't he? They fool you. They absolutely fool you. They look like they're great and everything. When I saw him in, in the going in the warm-up, I'm like, no, he, no, not playing there. Soup and Sandwich, is third start, lightly raced. He gets on the lead. Agenda is inside. Irad is on the inside. And Jose is right behind them. He's following him. People talk about he had trouble, greatest honor. So known agenda is in front of him, right? Now, greatest honor is, is following him. He comes up right behind uh, known agenda. He has to tap on the brakes a little bit there. Now he starts to make a move. They're still bottled up. Agenda made another move right there, and he's still bottled up. But they spread out right here. It's spread out right here. Agenda takes off, and, and watch Jose. Now he, he, The horse is just going up and down again. He did the same thing last time. He's got room. There's no excuse right now. None. He is not a quickening-type horse. He is a one-paced, wine type of runner. All, all the chances of the world to tip out. And here they kind of open up on him a little bit too. They kind of, he's not going anywhere, is he? He's actually losing ground. I'm just going to say it, he's not that good. He is not that good. Horse racing Twitter, horse racing social media, horse racing grabs hold of these horses and they don't let them go. They don't, re- they don't have the visual ability Of looking at a horse and saying, that's a good horse. We're going to look at the head on. Collaborate came out and knocked into Spielberg pretty good there. Spielberg crashes into Collaborate and Soup and Sandwich pushes him out. Soup and Sandwich looks like he just needs to be able to go to the lead. He's just dragging his rider. Uh, Look at Jose is following Irat. As fast as that track was, I don't think the pace was that fast. When no agenda makes his move, greatest honor is not going anywhere. He's just going up and down.
2: Bruno, do you have any opinion? What you saw in social media, they also interviewed Chug McGahey after, and they said that he was probably going to think about putting blinkers on him for the Derby. Do you
1: think that helped? I don't give a shit but some? he says. No, I figured right. blinkers are not the problem. Blinkers are not the problem. He ain't going to do it. Okay. It's not going to change him. No. He just goes up and down. He's one paced. Right. I mean, he's getting a lot of dirt in his face. But Jose is, you know, I'll, I'll take back what I said earlier. Jose tried every single thing. He tried. This horse just goes up and down. And if you can't see it, and this is a problem I have, Scott. A lot of people can't see what's right in front of their freaking eyes. I, they can.
2: I, I totally agree. I just, I'm just curious to get your commentary on when I see something like that in media, like, "Oh, I'm." Gonna well, put- let him
1: say that. He'll probably say because he's got to come up with something. Right, right. He's got to say something. Th- this is a culmination of everything I've been telling you for the last month about Greatest Honor. Did I miss so, anything, on Greatest Honor? What
0: struck out to me was he had a dream start to the race. There was nobody within five yards of him on either side, and he didn't come out. The eight took a right turn. The six took a left.
1: Wide open. When we look at the head on again, watch the break. He's got all the room in the world, and he doesn't come out. It's just the way he is. He's not put together all that well on the left front, uh, by the way, too. No agenda's getting the great trip. Soup and Sandwich is in a perfect spot. If he is any good, he should win that race from there. The field is just going up and down right here. All of them. Known Agenda made a good move inside. He's in a great spot. He's waiting for Collaborate to not to fall apart. And Collaborate collaborates. He stops. If he doesn't, then Agenda's got to go all the way around them. Now it's him and Soup and Sandwich. He can't run straight. Some people can't see horses drifting, which is wild to me. He went out five lengths.
0: And then all of a sudden, he comes back in.
1: Look, Life is Good was going past the middle of the track, and people were like, ooh, look at him win. (laughs) I want to do this because this is one way I can show you why a horse like Greatest Honor. Look at the left front. Oh. Falling off. Look how the way the knee bends in. Well, and almost crossing in front that he's getting tired. Yeah. It doesn't hit square, it hits sideways. He is very upset in our left knee. So when you're looking at this, guys, when, when you're looking at the way that horse moves, that takes effort from him. And I'll tell you, that's why make that horse is not a good turn horse. Because when you're offset on the left side, that's what powers you through a turn. So that's why he makes no headway on the turns at all. He's very strong on the right lead. He's more of a right lead horse. Let's look at known agenda, the way he travels. I didn't think it was he was bad, but you have to be correct in some ways if you're going to win some of the biggest races, you have to be correct in some way. This is why Greatest Honor, when I noticed it, I thought he was not going to be the horse that everybody thought, because nobody pays the attention to that stuff. He's not the greatest mover on the left side either. How many, remember, how many of these Pletcher horses do this too? You know, remember uh, Magnum Moon? Horses adrift drift don't win derbies. Horses that move like that have to make such an effort to be able to put those feet down right. And that takes away from them being able to run fast and straight. None agenda is right here. Wow. His left foot is, is really cutting across to the right. And guys, when we've seen that on the left side and on the right side, that's why they get out. Look where he's putting his left foot. He's putting his left foot. Oh, he almost crossed over there. Yeah. That's why horses get out, guys. He almost crosses his feet. Mm. Wow. Guys, that's also a horse's tiring and his limbs are, I mean, the more he tired, the more the limbs started doing it. Um, And when you do that, it really cuts into your ability to move faster, right? That's why they tell you, oh, what a beautiful daisy cutting action a horse has. You know, that's why at any good horse I've ever been around, you know, the trainers always said he's got a great way of going. Because when it goes, the easier they are the way to travel and the faster they are. Mr. Z asked about essential quality on the head on. You see the winging on the left front that he does? Yeah. Moves beautifully to the right. And I think what, what with him, he is a very strong right-handed, right-lead horse. The right lead makes him strong through the lane. Left lead makes him strong through the turns. But look out how, how uh, very much he follows that path all the way down the lane here. He's not moving from that, is he? No, he's not. I want to show you the pan because I want to show you how he gets the wire and then he accelerates again. He does run straight. Right. There's no play there. He uses his body really, really well. Um, He's able to compensate and be able to shift weight to his left and to his right very, very well. He's just moving through the turn really effortlessly. Then you look at the reins. I don't think you see a rein dangling on him, where a lot of times you see the outside rein dangling on horses. And it's hard to see it with the other horse on his inside yeah, there's no rein dangling there at all, is there? Even pressure on both ends. That means he's, his mouth has got the bit on both sides wrap on. And watch how he just puts away this horse right here with that, even though he's offset on the left, he's moving beautifully through it. Share belief was like this too. Share belief had that kind of offset. He switches right here, boom, and he takes off again. When they do that little jerk motion when they switch to the right and they take off, that's an excellent thing to see. And now watch this, how he he gets to the wire. He's getting down and extending. Now watch when they flip back over to to, to him again on the gallop out. Yeah. I mean, he's still straight. Switches leads on cue. That's his second lifetime start. It's not all about – they don't all have to be – you know, completely moving with accuracy. With him, he doesn't hinder himself where other horses seem to hinder themselves. I I just think that you can have some latitude, but the way he goes in and out of those turns is pretty amazing. This is something that you don't see anybody showing you in any other place. Undoubtedly.
2: I know the one that sticks out in my mind that you did this on was Concert Tour. You did you did the same thing and what a vast improvement what that was. And now when I compare when you showed us Bruno Concert Tour oh. in his most recent victory in the Rebel, and you compare him to these other folks here that you've seen.
1: No competition. None. There's it's it's a you're talking night and day. Just See say- and, and, and the problem nowadays is I don't, I wanna say the less and less publicly. For example, um, I don't want to put out plans to where, who I have, where and when and how in a particular track, because I know people pay attention to what we do. Um, I mean, geez, you know, Racing Form stole two of my guys, you know, you know to be their clockers. I didn't miss anything because, you know, they are who they are. Donnie is probably the best one that they, they got on there. But a lot of the times, you know, a lot of this stuff, nobody tells, I mean, you try to say something, but, uh, you know, it's just amazing how people look at things the same way year after year after year, never learn a thing. That's why those are the people I love playing against when we have control of what we're at, we're, we're clocking at, like Keelan and Churchill, because they're not getting any information, none at all. And when they have to do it on their own, they're lost. When we're watching these and we're watching movement, it is very important to understand that the way they move, because that answers a lot of things. When I was clocking out for for Baffert at the sales, I set myself in a position where I can see them gallop out. But I wanted to see them gallop out, not to get a time, is to see the way they moved. And you'd be amazed when I when I went to Timonium, I set up on the hill on the hill above the track where the quarter pole is right below me. The quarter pole is like where the three-eighths pole is at the top of the turn of the bowl ring. So I'm like right, looking right down at the quarter pole, going through the turn and going out. And I would see a lot of horses take off, and they'd be good through the turn. I'd get a big split the way they move powerfully. And then about the 16 pole, they hit a wall. And when they came, galloped out and come towards me on the gallop out, I could see all the rotation and variation of their limbs. Some horses are going out, ankles are rotating. They couldn't keep their integrity of their stride long enough to work that quarter of a mile. They ran out of that mental efficiency to be able to put their feet down correctly and they tired late because they took so much of their energy to put their feet down correctly and to move that fast. That to me is the difference between a classy horse and a cheap horse. Now, how much heart they have, maybe that cheap horse, the way he moves through those joints, might be able to be a good sprinter, like a cone of gold or something like that, because he can keep that mental integrity to be able to hit the ground correctly for six furlongs, six and a half. They can't do it any longer. When a lot of guys talk about, you know, pedigree and things like that, the one thing they do, they never look at the way the horse is built. None of them. Oh, well, this pedigree, this horse did this and this horse did that. Yeah, but how is this horse built? Is he a lighter made type? Does he have no hind end? Does he have a weak hind end? Is he crooked up front? Uh, there's a lot of different reasons why certain pedigrees, you know, and brothers and sisters, they run great, you know, but one of them is a Grade one winner and the other one can't break an allowance condition. It's how they're built and they're hard. And what they want to do. And you can see that. You can see a horse that has heart. A horse that wants to try. And you're learning how to see horses that are not correct. That's a big deal. I read the other day, there's some guy doing trip handicapping notes. And they said, oh, it's the last frontier of handicapping. I've raised, I just, <laughs> What? And that's another stupidity that's passed on to the to handicappers who are gullible enough to believe that crap. The last hand, the last frontier is understanding a racehorse, the way they're built, the way they move, why they run, why they don't, how they, and how each pedigree affects the way they're built. Tappets are crazy because the mayor, Preach, was an absolute nutcase. She was a Shug McGay horse. Mares will pass on mental incapacities. So when you're looking at horses, if you master the ability of looking at a racehorse and see how they move and understand it, that is the last frontier in handicapping. You know what I do when I, uh, when I, when I go to a stallion, when I take one of my mares to a stallion? I look at his head-ons and let's, let's take a look at one. What was that horse? Scott, uh, yeah, you're from out there in California. Was that midnight runner? A midnight storm, midnight storm.
2: Midnight storm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He has a great body. I was going to breed to him, but, uh, he was a multiple graded winner, uh, for Phil D'Amato. We're going to look at him down the lane and, my, my trainer down at the farm has got this colt now. He's out of Yankee Lass, a filly that I campaigned who was out of Blue-Eyed Lass, my mare, that passed away this year. He's a little offset on the left side. He seems to be crossing over with his left. I am a big stickler on the left side. I have a big problem with horses that move, especially stallions that move like that.
2: I got a couple partnerships working with straight fire babies right now over at legacy in California. I'm going to do exactly that. I'm going to start to look at the replays of these horses. This is, that's a great insight.
1: You have to gemologist was one of the worst moving horses through the left side of his body. And I'm going to tell you that stuff does show up on your babies. What I do then is I go down and I look at the babies I immediately I look at the stallion and I get my notes and then I look at the babies to tell them when I go look at the yearlings, I watch the way they move to those left knees. It's easy to check off of them really quick and say, oh, there it is. That horse offset set in the left knee. How would you like to have a baby that gets those legs? What you have to do is you have to send the mare to that stallion. That's extremely correct. I do that with every stallion that I look to go to. Overall, that's my forte. That's what I hang my hat on. I may be wrong in a race about a horse, but over the the period of time, I won't be. Truthfully, the best value you
2: have, Bruno, right now is being able to identify those horses that aren't, that are pretenders. And like you showed in the Florida Derby, you, you immediately called that. I mean, you, you called that a month ago. Right. And, and that is so invaluable because all the money that goes in the pool that goes and ties up with that horse to have an advantage from, you know, not only from handicapping, which we all love and cherish, but also you, you just look at it just, you know, how it impacts you know the aspect of the race and everything that we, that we follow so closely, especially if you're looking at horses that, want to breed to this horse if he you know oh he was the fountain of youth winner well after what we saw (laughs) and when i'm listening to you talk there's no way in the world i get in a partnership with the horse that was by this you know if he's passing those type of attributes out the door so this is good stuff
1: there was another reason why i didn't like known agenda uh pletcher going into saturday was 0 for 8 with three-year-olds off lasix he was 0 for 8 with three-year-olds off lasix with all horses without LASIKs in stakes, he was only 14%. So, my whole point when I went in there is that he had done it with a number of horses during this Triple Crown season leading up to Saturday. He was 0 for 8. That's been a new wrinkle this year. But that man, as many, and, and other trainers, just like Pletcher, they have to have. Even the ugly stepsisters from Cinderella had to go to the ball. That's basically what that is. So a lot of the times, you know, people go, why is he going to the Derby? Because it's business. He has to be seen there. They have to be seen. Because that's how they are able to get to run their, their business and get more horses. And there's big trainers that don't make the derby year in and year out. And they get the stock. I'm giving you guys um, a lot of to think about today, just about that. But I want you to do some things in the next few days. Uh, just go look at, just pull races out of the blue and go look at them. And pop in the head on. So, for example, for Keeneland, do your homework. Go watch races from Keeneland on a head on and run. I gave the group a task to do, and I'm going to give it to you too. Um, I like for you to go and, and go to your, uh, place where you get your replays mm-hmm. and just pick out a few races. They don't have to be anything great or specific and, and watch the head on and the pan shots of the Keeneland races. But I want you to focus on the head-ons and understand how not only riders ride the track, but how the horses handle the track down the backside. Do they come off the inside and and leave the inside open like they do in New York a lot? Mm -hmm. On the turf, how do they handle on the turf? Keeneland is really interesting, Ron, because they run downhill into the half mile pole on the turf and uphill into the three eights and then downhill through the quarter. So it's a really interesting setup. If you ever want to really see when you're at Keeneland, walk down to the rail on the apron and look at the turf course and you see mm-hmm. the hill going down the hill and then up the hill. So. Yeah. And because Keelan is built up on a hill. And, and you can see that when you're driving down Versailles Road. You can see that, how they're built up on a hill. And what's funny is that it, there's a grading down from the 3-8 pole all the way to the wire. So the last 3 eighths sometimes are almost like on a downhill course. Mm. It's a really interesting situation. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but I've got a homework for you.
0: Okay, look at those head-on. You know what? You got me looking at head on sometimes first when I go to replays rather than the pan, because very often I've seen the race already from the pan angle. So I go to the head-on. But what you taught us in this session, though, don't just look at the path of the horse. Look at the movement of the horse. Look at the stride of the horse. Man, did I learn something. And I know that if you're listening, you couldn't see what Bruno was showing, but I think the descriptions were apt enough that that's got to be enough of a teaser for you to go in and look for
1: yourself. Oh, absolutely. And, and the one thing that I've done and I've done at the sales that I do here is I slow the video down. And when you slow the video down, you actually see exactly where the horses are placing their legs. And then you can see why horses like Known Agenda are drifting out or midnight bourbon, or Mm -hmm. proxy, or uh, life was good was drifting out. Little things like that. And um, I think that's really interesting. And in this game, it's a pari betting game. It means you're betting against everybody else. If you have an advantage of what you see that other people don't do, that comes to fruition at the windows.
0: Get more from Bruno by going to racingwithbruno.com. This has been the Racing with Bruno podcast.